0: I'm so excited to get to kick off Global Impact Month. You know, it's one of our highlights. Every single year, we get to take some time and we just focus on the great commission that Jesus gave us as his followers. You know we, he told us in his word to go and make disciples of all nations. Some of Jesus's last words to his disciples that were recorded in scripture were in Acts chapter one, verse eight, when he says, but you will receive power when the Holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now I want to just kind of break that down a little bit this morning. So, so Jesus told them, he said, be my witness in Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem was kind of like the disciples' home turf, you know, like that was where they were from. And so then he says, you know, I also want you to go and make disciples uh, in Judea. And Judea was kind of like the neighborhood that surrounded where the disciples were from, you know, those outskirt areas And then he goes on and he tells them, you know what? I want you to go and um, be my witnesses in Samaria. And I think it's important to notice that Jesus tells them to go to Samaria because the Samaritans back in that day, um, they were kind of like looked down upon by the Jews. And so for the disciples, like Samaria would have been kind of a place where they would have been like, eh, I'd rather not, Lord. You know, I kind of want to avoid that area. But Jesus spoke to them and he told them, no, I want you to go to Samaria too. And then finally, he just tells them to go to the ends of the earth. You know, that just kind of Encompasses everywhere else. He includes all the people and all the places. You know, as Christ followers, we are modern day disciples. And I believe that Jesus would command us as well to be his witnesses. He wants us to be his witnesses in our Jerusalem, our home turf, our families, our friends. He wants us to be his witnesses in our Judea. You know, the neighborhoods, the communities, our workplaces that we are involved in. He wants us to be his witnesses in our Samaria. You know, those people in our lives who we may find it hard to love and hard to accept. You know, Jesus is asking us to reach those people with the good news as well. And then finally, he says, to the ends of the earth, You know, it may not be physically or practically possible for us to go into all the world by ourselves, but it is possible for us to partner with people like Tessa, who we heard from this morning, and and she's going to places that we may never be able to go to, but through prayer and through giving, together, we can go to the ends of the earth. Amen? Amen. You know, I think a lot of times it's easy for us when we talk about missions and we think about missions that, that we kind of only think about, you know, supporting missionaries or reaching people in these far off lands overseas. And although that is an incredibly important part of missions, that's not the only part. That's not the only part. You see, missions isn't just going overseas, it's also going across the street to your neighbor's house. Missions isn't just going overseas, it's also walking down the hallway to your coworker's office, right? You know, missions is living on mission in your own personal life. And if we are going to truly make a global impact, we have to start by making an impact right here. Yes, we want to reach the world, we want to reach the masses, but it starts with reaching the one. It starts with reaching the one. You know, today we're going to look at a story from scripture that shows us what it is like to live on mission. In this text, the apostle Philip shows us how to reach the one who God has placed in our lives. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 8, or you can also follow along on the screens as we read it together. We're gonna to be in Acts chapter eight. We're gonna start with verse 26, and then we're gonna read quite a bit of scripture this morning all the way to verse 39. It says this, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? And the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, "'Look, there's some water. "'Why can't I be baptized?' "'He ordered the carriage to stop, "'and they went down into the river, "'and Philip baptized him. "'When they came up out of the water, "'the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. "'The eunuch never saw him again, "'but went on his way rejoicing.'" I want us to notice a few things from the scripture this morning that we can learn from Philip about reaching the one in our lives. The first thing I want us to notice is that he heard from the Lord. Philip heard from the Lord. You know, the scripture tells us an angel of the Lord told Philip to go south. And then later on in verse 29, the Holy Spirit tells Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. You know, as I was reading the scripture, I just kind of started thinking about, like, why, why was it that Philip heard so clearly from the Lord? Like, how did he hear these instructions on this mission that God had for him so clearly? Like, like, what was it that caused him to hear from the Lord? And I believe that the answer that the Lord kind of put in my heart was that it was not really that deep and it was really pretty simple. Philip heard from the Lord because he was listening. He heard from the Lord because he was listening. And I think that the Lord has a mission and he has a purpose and he has a people for you and for I as well. And I think sometimes the problem is we just aren't listening. You know, we're so engulfed in our own selves. We're so distracted by the busyness of life and the noise uh, that is the world all around us. And so sometimes I think when the Lord is trying to speak to us about a person that he wants us to reach, we miss it because we just aren't listening. You know, the Lord is always speaking, but are we listening? The Lord is always speaking, but are we listening? So the first thing we learn from Philip about reaching the one is is that he heard from the Lord. The second thing I want us to notice is that he obeyed the Lord. You know, in verse 26 of the text, the angel of the Lord tells Philip to go south. And then in verse 27, it says, so he started out. So Philip goes south and Philip went south. And then in verse 29, the Holy Spirit tells Philip to go walk along beside the carriage. And then in verse 30, it says, Philip ran over and heard the man reading. You see, it wasn't enough for Philip to just hear the instructions from the Lord. He then had to obey what he was told to do. You see, hearing is useless if we don't follow through on going as well. I think that's in your notes this morning. Hearing is useless if we don't follow through on going as well. How many times have we heard the Lord speak to us or, or felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit to, to go and share Jesus with someone or, or to pray with somebody, but we stopped at the hearing and we didn't follow through in obedience, I think we can learn a lot about obedience from Philip here in this story. You know, I'm so challenged by the part of the scripture where where it says the Holy Spirit told Philip to go over to the carriage, and then then the Bible says, and Philip ran over, yeah. like he didn't wait around. Like he ran. He didn't wait and be like, um, I need confirmation from three people to make sure that this is really the Lord speaking. You know, he didn't, like, kind of walk really slow, hoping that maybe by the time he got there, the carriage would be gone, and he didn't actually have to talk to the person. He didn't stop at Starbucks along the way. No, the Lord spoke, and he ran. He could have said, you know, like, not now, Lord. Lord. Like not now, like I'm really tired. I just got done with this incredible missionary missions crusade in Samaria and I'm kind of like burnt out and exhausted. So like maybe I'll do it, but can I just not do it right now, Lord? He could have said, you know, well, like not me, Lord. Surely you're not talking to me. There's, there's so many other people that are more equipped or, or qualified to do this mission. Like surely you're not talking to me. He could have said like, not there like, don't send me there south. That's, that's the desert. Like, I, I really, I just got done with Samaria. Now you want me to go to the desert? Like, come on, Lord, not there. No, he didn't say any of those things. Instead, he obeyed the Lord, and he obeyed right away. Right away. You know, in our house, our daughter, Ellie, she has a few chores that are her responsibility, Like, they are her job to get done. And one of those chores is taking out the trash and the recycle on trash day when they come, when the trucks come to pick it up. And those of you who know my daughter, I don't really think I'm being biased when I say, like, she is just about as sweet as they come. Like, she is a sweetheart. She is a rule follower. She is very obedient. And so I can't really ever remember a time when she just deliberately, like, didn't do something that we asked her to do. But there have definitely been some times when we've told her to take out the trash and that she's just kind of hem-hawed around a little bit, or maybe she got distracted on her way to taking out the trash, or or maybe she was just being in true Ellie form, a slowpoke. And about, you know, the time that she finally takes out the trash, when she gets there, she either has to run down the street chasing the truck. Or she's missed it altogether. You see, she obeyed us, but she waited too long, and now things didn't work out just quite like they were supposed to. You know, what would have happened if Philip would have delayed his obedience? What if he just decided, you know, you know Lord, yeah, sure, I'm going to do what you told me to do, but, but just on my timing, right? I'm just going to take my time about it. What, what if he would have done that? You know, by the time that he got to the chariot, it could have already passed by, you know? He would have been like Ellie chasing the trash truck. He would have had to chase down the chariot, and he could have missed the opportunity. He could have missed this divine appointment that the Lord had set up for him to lead the Ethiopian to Jesus. We got to obey. We got to obey right away. So we notice in the scripture that Philip heard from the Lord, he obeyed the Lord, and then number three, I want you to notice that he asked questions. He asked questions. In verse 30 it says, Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah, and Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? Questions are a simple yet effective tool for evangelism. Questions. It sounds so simple, but I'm telling you, it's such an effective tool for evangelism. You know, notice like Philip didn't like run over to the chariot and just start preaching. He didn't like get on his loud megaphone and be like, get saved now, you're going to hell, turn or burn, you filthy sinner. Like, no. He just engaged with the Ethiopian right where he was at. He found a common ground and he began to ask questions. Now, our experiences today, they're going to look a little bit different than Philip. I, I doubt that you're going to come across someone, you know, sitting in a chariot, reading from the ancient scrolls of Isaiah, although if you do, please tell me about it, because that is like an incredible story, and I want to hear. Um, so, so sure, it might look different for us, but I do believe that God is going to put people in our lives that he wants us to reach, And when he does, asking questions is an incredible way to just open the door, bring down people's defenses, and share the good news of Christ. Let me give you just a very few practical questions that could help you get started. You know, something as easy and as simple as just like, how are you doing? But maybe not, you know, maybe get a little bit more specific with the how you are, how are you doing? Like, like, how are things going with your job and how is your family are your kids? What, what are they, what are your kids up to? Or, or what about your health or are you healthy? Anything going on in your health? You know, you could just say, is there anything I can be praying for you about? You know, most people won't deny prayer, honestly. Very rarely will people deny you to pray for them about something. You know, you could even ask something as simple as, do you go to church anywhere? We're in the Bible Belt. It's okay. Ask people, do they go to church anywhere? You know, "Um, what about this, A, a novel idea? Would you like to come to church with me? Would you want to come to church with me? Or, you know, have you, have you heard about Jesus? All these questions, you know, here's a good question. Everybody wants to tell their opinion and everybody wants to like tell what they think about something. So what if you just ask somebody, well, what do you think about Jesus? And then when you ask that question and you get to hear what they think, well, then you've opened up the door. Now it's kind of rude if they don't let you tell them what you think about Jesus. You see, these are all simple and basic questions that can be used to start conversations and hopefully give you an opportunity to share Jesus. Sometimes we make it so difficult, but it's really simple. Just ask some questions. You see, Philip is showing us an example of how to reach the one that God puts in our life. First, he heard from the Lord, then he obeyed the Lord, then he asked questions, and then number four, he shared the good news. He shared the good news. In verse 34 and 35, it says, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. You see, all the steps leading up to this point wouldn't have mattered if he didn't follow through with the most important Part. What really mattered was when he opened his mouth and began to share the good news of Jesus. You know, why is that so hard for so many of us? And I'll be honest with, this, with you this morning, like I'm not coming from a place of judgment today. I'm actually coming from a place of like, man, me too. Like it's kind of hard for me sometimes. And, and I don't really understand like why so many of us struggle to just open up our mouths and share the gospel. You know, maybe it's fear. Maybe it's fear of, of being rejected or being made fun of, or, or maybe it's fear of like not knowing what to say or how to say it. I'm sure we all have our own reasons. We have our own excuses. You know, my husband and I, we like to consider ourselves like amateur foodies, okay? Like we just, we love food. Um, we love to find like new restaurants and local spots to eat at. And it's kind of like our little hobby. And, and you better believe, you know, if we find an incredible juicy burger, um, or if we go somewhere then they have just the best carne asada, ooh, mm, or my husband, he is, like, really into sandwiches, and so if, if he finds the best, most delicious hot pastrami sub, you better believe we're going to tell everybody about it, like, whether you want to know or not, we're going to tell you why, because it's too good not to share. It's too good not to share. You know, if we are that compelled and that excited to tell people about a sandwich, why wouldn't we also be compelled to tell people about Jesus? I mean, don't get me wrong. A great hamburger can change your lunch. But Jesus can change your life. Jesus can change your life. And you know, maybe it's just that we've gotten so comfortable in what God did for us. You know, maybe we have experienced God's grace for so long that we have forgotten what it was like to live without it. And maybe we need to remind ourselves this morning what life was like without Christ, what he did for us, and and how we were all held captive by sin, and we were destined for hell, and yet he stepped in, and through his great love, he paid the price for us and for our salvation. And because of him, we are free, and we have the great hope of heaven for eternity. You know, if we remember that, if we think about how great our God is, won't we have to tell it? Won't we have to tell it? You see, the good news of Jesus is too good not to share. The good news of Jesus is too good not to share. You know, the the younger generation, they're always coming up with these slang words or using these terms, and, and I try to stay, you know, young and relevant. Although Sean, when I was going through my message, he told me, he was like, you know, just the fact that you say the young people basically means that you're old. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to keep focused. But the young people, they they have terms, you know, that they use. And I try to stay. I got my cool shoes on. You know, I try to stay. I'm not going to say hip to the lingo because, you know, that would also make me sound old. But they use this term when they're talking about um, people who like, like to keep all the good stuff for themselves. And I hope I got this right, guys. You'll have to tell me after service. But they, say, they call it gatekeeping. That means you know, you're just kind of trying to keep all the good stuff to yourself. You're gatekeeping. So this morning, can I tell you, church, let's not be gatekeepers. Let's not be gatekeepers. Let's not keep this good news to ourselves. Let's follow Philip's lead and let's share the good news. It's too good not to share. From this story of Philip, we see that he heard from the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. He asked questions. He shared the good news. And then finally this morning, he saw the fruit. He saw the fruit. In verse 36, it says, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized them. You know, because Philip was willing to hear the voice of the Lord and be obedient and share the good news, this Ethiopian man was saved that day. Because Philip was willing to partner with the Holy Spirit, he got to see the fruits of this man's life change. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what happened to this man after his salvation. But many historical texts and writings actually claim that the Ethiopian became a missionary for Jesus in Ethiopia, thus spreading the word of God further to the ends of the earth. Isn't that incredible? All because Philip was obedient to reaching the one. Then the gospel was spread even further to the ends of the earth. You know, we won't always see immediate fruits the way Philip did in this story. You know, like just because you talk to somebody about Jesus, they're probably not going to just say, well, right now, why don't you just baptize me? Let's go. Dunkaroo, where's the pool? But I can believe, and I can tell you this morning, that if we follow Philip's example, if we hear from the Lord, if we obey the Lord, if we ask questions and share the good news, and and if we continue to plant and water the seeds with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see the fruit. We are going to see the fruit, but you know what? We've got to be willing to step out and reach the one. We've gotta be willing to open our mouths, ask the questions, and share the good news. The takeaway for our message this morning is this. A global impact starts with the one. A global impact starts with the one.